Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Throughout this first season, we've been talking about a number of different topics in leadership, and one of the main subjects has been servant leadership. We've covered the nine qualities of a servant leader, and I want to stop and just reflect about servant leadership in general and what we've learned from going over these nine qualities of a servant leader. I was fortunate to learn servant leadership at home growing up. My childhood was a way to really learn about these qualities of a servant leader. So while I apply them in the corporate setting, they really apply in multiple different settings. They apply to families. They apply to sports teams. They apply to corporate teams. They apply at church, synagogue, all kinds of places. Servant leadership is evident, and it's changing the way people lead. Servant leadership is about leadership through serving others versus controlling others. Servant leadership is about leadership serving others, not controlling others. And we're going to talk about that today. But the way I grew up was very different. Instead of filling our home with things, my parents decided to fill it with people. And our home was always open. We're always bringing people in, all nationalities, backgrounds, religions, etc. Some people would stay a night. Some people would stay for years. Some people, we wanted to stay for years. Some people, we didn't want to stay for years, but there they were. (laughs) And in particular, I think about the servant leadership characteristics of my parents. One of them was key to what I talk about leadership, and it's key to a servant leader, and that is this, personal power is more important than positional power. Just so key, right? A servant leader understands that. And I can't think of a single time that my mom growing up used her positional power as parent. Never can think about that. She used her persuasion, her personal power, and her personality to influence. And so whenever I think about a corporate leader, I still think about that example, which was, I never said, you know, I'm pulling the mom card. It was simply a leadership card. It was trying to sell you and convince. She was more interested in you, or me, than in the outcome. So she was always asking people, what's your story? What are your talents? What are you doing for others? And so Servant leadership is not about a position. It radiates from within. Servant leaders focus on the individual, not on a fleeting title. And I think it's incredibly important to think about another part of this that I learned from childhood. She she was saying servant leaders are always thinking about giving rather than receiving. So we've all heard, you know, it's better to give than receive, right? But But why is that? My mom taught me this in the, in the home that I grew up in. Happiness is always rooted in service to others. So I've seen people who were depressed. We would see this all the time. And when you're depressed, and by the way, full, full acknowledgement, if you have depression, you need to see therapists, you may need medication, it may be hormonal. I don't make any judgments on where things come from because everybody may have a different pay, place on it. But wherever you were, right, whatever whatever treatment plan you were on, whatever your cause of depression, one thing I can say I saw over and over and over and over again, people with depression moved quicker out of that depression to a happier state if they served others. 
I mean, it was just remarkable. So when the when the focus was on them and what their issue was, it, you would see some progress, right? Therapeut- therapy, therapeutic progress, et cetera, may or may not have helped with, with medications. But if that person was put into a place where they were called upon to help somebody else, serve food, help make food for this person, help listen to this person, help construct something, et cetera, join Habitat for Humanity and build a house, whatever it was, right? Paint this, et cetera. Uh, I was in scouting, so there was always service projects, right? When you switch to serving others, you became happier. And servant leaders also become happier through uh, serving others. So I think that's a real important thing. And servant leaders also, I saw this growing up, create results by letting others shine. And so we're social beings. We we like to spend time alone, reflecting, et cetera, but really and truly we're here to interact with others. Together we can do greater things than if we're apart. Each of us is gifted. Each of us has potential, but if we allow others to shine, the potential for us together is amazing collectively. So I saw that over and over again. So servant leadership is something you can see in the corporate world. We've been talking an awful lot about that, but servant leadership is also practiced at home. It's also practiced on the sports field. It's also practiced in organizations of all types. And it's even practiced in friendships. So servant leadership is a way of living. It's a way to approach the world. Again, it's serving others versus controlling others, right? You know, service versus manipulation, service versus control, uh, open hands versus Dominating, I'm going to keep you under my uh, hand here and fist or whatever. So how servant leaders operate is something that's not just in the por- in the boardroom, in the corporate setting. I think servant leadership is one that you see across all categories of your life. So let's talk about this with our esteemed panel that has been here a few times and they are back again. For more fun, Jennifer Collins, you are here for more fun. Here I am. Here you are. <laughs> like it or not. Oh, I love it. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Drew Bordis. Welcome, Drew. Thank you for having me. And Tammy Spade. Thank you. And as Thank always, you. we have Carrie Shampoo, our genius auditory expert who is making us sound fabulous. And he's going to delete everything we say and just replace it with fat, more fabulous things. <laughs> Right? Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, so let's talk about servant leadership and just reflect on the nine qualities of a servant leader. I want to just step back and just let's just think broadly, right? Servant leadership. And we're going to contrast that with traditional leadership or authoritarian leadership. What does that look like? How is servant leadership different than traditional type of leadership? I think as I look back at the nine and the conversations we had, the one theme that that I kept wanting to come back to or kept hearing was um, self-awareness. And I think if you don't have self-awareness, it's going to be very tough for you to develop as a servant leader. Some of these, you know, you might be naturally better at than others, but to really look at one of these and say, I have a gap there, you have to be self-aware. And that, I felt like that was just a characteristic that, um, it is critical to being able to do this. So a, a traditional leader would be probably more using their positional power and 
probably doesn't care. It just doesn't occur to them. <laughs> it doesn't occur, yeah. right? Why bother? I'm not worried about right? it. This is what I need. Right. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, self-awareness. And we started the season. We're talking about leadership self-awareness. So I think that's appropriate because to me, the starting point of success, success, not just leadership, success in life is self-awareness. Yeah. I think a lot of the traditional ways of leadership are more around the leader as the person with the answers, the leader as the person who's going to approve every decision. The leader is the person to whom all information flows and there's not a lot of, you know, sharing of information. It's, it's one way communication, more than two way communication. And as you were talking Skip about all of those different facets of our life. The one thing that kept ringing for me was relationship. You really can't practice the nine qualities of a servant leader in any area of your life unless you're focused on building a relationship with other people. Um, relationship over rules. I've heard that a lot in in parenting. You know, as I listen to. Um, other podcasts, not nearly as good as this one, but <laughs> there are one or two others out there. Um, relationship one or two. One over or two. rules. <laughs> yeah. Because if, you're, if your household or your organization is filled with rules, then eventually those become kind of constraining to the relationship. Your kids leave your house and the relationship isn't really there for them to come back to. If it's built on relationship with a, a more minor focus on rules then you can, like your mom used to do, coach and persuade and tell and ask questions that are going to really pull the information out and be able to provide the right guidance. I really like that, focusing on the relationship. Servant leaders, that, you know, that's part of thinking you, not me. Yes. And it's not about me. It's, it's about this relationship. And, and I'm entering into this for the long term. And I'm thinking about what's best for you long term, not just what I need from you right now. And, and that's the hard thing, right? Because we're all driven. We're trying to get things done. And you just rush. And it's like, I just need you to do this right now so I can move on. But that relationship piece takes time, right? That takes investment. And it does. So self-awareness and relationship, I think, critical components of servant leadership. How else is servant leadership different than traditional leadership? So traditionally leadership, you don't have to be self-aware. And the relationship secondary. It's just, are you getting it done? Is there anything else that strikes you from a traditional leader that would be different than a servant leader? I think for me, I, I try to th always think from the perspective of it's for the greater good. And so, I mean, really what you were hitting on, Tammy, is so key because I find in my experience building a positive relationship, building bridges with people is where I've been most successful in, in my career or even as a person. I mean, really, you're, you're raising kids. You're developing people. You're going to send them out into society. You want them to be good servant leaders, um, even with your team. It's and, and so that's another thing of, you know, the, the traits of servant leaders is developing other leaders, but developing other servant leaders. And so I, I know, and that was actually going to be one of my questions for you, Skip, because I know that you you speak on this topic a lot. You even kind of teach, you know, when, when you're teaching others about essential skills of leadership, but it's such, it's a, is it a behavior that they have to learn, which we know is so much more difficult to teach and, and help people change a behavior as opposed to here's, here's a task, here's a checklist, do these things and you'll be successful and you're done. Whereas this is really changing their behavior and teaching them how to be servant leaders. It is that. Wait a second. Is. We can ask him questions. <laughs> can we, can we do this season over? I, I like this turn of table. I, this is, it's too late in the game for this. <laughs> yeah. 
relationship over rules. (laughs) It is. It is about building bridges and it is about behavior. And I think it's really just about caring for, for that person. So it's not about giving these rules and saying, do this, do this, do that. But really instill, I mean, leadership is a, this, this opportunity to grow capacity, right? Whether it's behavior of listening or uh, empathy or examples. And, you know, I know for me, sometimes when I get it wrong, I'm like, oh, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. I might be tired. I'm just, I'm so stressed. I need to get it done. And I'm just like, here's the answer. And that's the exact opposite, right? Versus saying, well, let's think about this together. Let's craft some options. What are you thinking about that? How about if we did this? So when you have the time, you do that. And what I find is you spend the time more with the people that you've invested that relationship with. Then you're willing to spend the time. And far too often you you don't, and it's transactional. Well, transactional leadership is not servant leadership. Now there are times when you have to be transactional. You, you you literally can't have an, you know, as the CEO of a large company, I can't have a relationship at that level with every single person. Or I was at, I spent the weekend at a conference, had a wonderful time. I was trying to invest myself into people's lives, but it can only go so far, right? I, you know, some of them like, I'd love to call you up and have an hour on such and such. And I said, no, like you can't. What do you mean? I said, well, you can ask me right now, and after I walk away, you won't have that time because I don't have the time to do it. And I don't want to say that. I certainly would love to spend my whole day all the time answering questions, do a radio show. Maybe I could be Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I retire, I'll be Frasier. Oh, that's an image. Right? <laughs> but, um, but it is changing behavior. And I, I think if, you, if you're a podcast listener, if you're listening to Aim Higher, it really is about changing your behavior. Now, I think behavior actually starts with thoughts. So if you're thinking the highest thoughts and you're constantly feeding your mind with the most uh, amazing uh, thoughts that are challenging you, that's going to lead to behavior change. But behavior change is hard, right? Mm-hmm. I know. We're just talking about my uh, friend who's helping me in the gym. That's behavioral change, right? Because I'm like, oh, this is how I do this exercise. And he's like, no, this is not how you do that exercise. Right. And it's like, oh, he's like, are you sore right here after this? And I'm like, (laughs) no. And he's like, exactly because you're doing it wrong. But he says it in a very nice, uh, authoritative uh, way, kind way. And those muscles, I think that behavioral change is part of leadership, part of aiming higher. So, um, it, it helps people build that culture of trust when you're thinking that way. But that's not a common way to think. Yeah, and I think what what ends up at the pinnacle of that is belief. So there's some skill building, there's behavior, and then there's belief. If I practice the behavior enough, so for example, take the first quality of a servant leader, valuing diverse opinions. I might not um, necessarily believe in everyone else's opinions, but if I'm practicing that behavior and I'm gaining information, it starts to shape my belief. It starts to change my belief mm-hmm. that 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 individual or that other people's views are just as important, perhaps more important than mine, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. Mm-hmm. Servant leadership happens in all different types of places. And I think it is a 
quality that can happen in your home, as I mentioned, or in the boardroom or in sports. So are, in fact, can you think of any examples in any of those or other settings that are maybe not in the corporate setting where you've seen servant leadership? I think, I mean, I like, I like to think of basketball in this one because basketball is a sport where, where one, I know Tammy loves it, where (laughs) it, it stands out to me because one individual can be the lead alpha dog, the dominant player on the team and change an entire season for a team, just one player. It's very hard to do that in other sports. But when you see basketball clicking with all five players, willing to give up the last shot, willing to, um, you know, I don't have to score the most points every night. Teams like that are fun to watch and they don't, they don't do that lightly. Like, I mean, how many, there were a couple of championships that Michael Jordan won where he did not take the last shot where Steve Kerr took the last shot. And he was confident. And he was confident, right? You didn't didn't need to hog the spotlight. Right. Right. That's, those are different types of teams to watch succeed. Yeah. It's a servant leadership team. Right, they're serving others. They're serving that that end goal. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm thinking of interview with Bill Bradley, Senator mm-hmm. Bill Bradley, presidential candidate, Rhodes Scholar, on and on and on, L- list of accomplishments. Drew, I remember we went over to see him in New York. I remember, by the way, a little side note. If I like spill something on myself, I have to go home like right away. It just ruins my day. Quickly change or whatever. Just like I'm psychotic. Oh, I remember this. And yeah. um, and we're really stuck in traffic and we're late. And I said, well, I had two suits in New York and we're going to interview Bill Bradley. And I had the pants to one suit and the sport coat to another suit. And I realized it in the taxi while we're late running to interview Senator Bill Bradley. See, fortunately, he's like a foot taller than both of us, yeah, so he didn't, he didn't see. He, he didn't, didn't know. He couldn't see your pants. He's a very tall man. <laughs> he's a very tall man, yes. but, but I think he's four feet taller than me. Yeah. But but it was, it was um, anyway, I was kind of neurotic going in there because of that. But he said that, yeah. right, in thinking of basketball, that it wasn't one player. It was all of us. Well, he so played on some great classic Knicks class too that, I mean, had several stars and I mean, just, yeah. Classic. So here I was thinking he was going to talk about politics, et cetera, but I was interested in his early experience in basketball. And he was saying, when we realized it wasn't one of us, but the five of us and, mm-hmm. and sharing that spotlight, right? That's servant leadership. When you have a star player, we've all seen this in every sport, who isn't a servant leader, they hog the attention and the team goes down, right? They may have great stats even for the season, but they don't win. And you see it, right? In high school teams all the way, college, all the way through to pro teams, servant leaders on the team who are willing to share that spotlight and pass to somebody else and let Steve Kerr take the shot, et cetera, even though I could, right? That's grace. That's leadership of saying, you know what? I don't need to do everything. I am going to serve the team. It's it's a it's a beautiful thing. Other examples of servant leadership you see outside of outside of the boardroom, maybe another example in a different way. Yeah, I was just thinking of an example that um, our daughter shared. She works with um, patients who are suffering with dementia and Alzheimer's. Very difficult environment, and she works um, <clears throat> in an organization, large geriatric center. They, they had a rough day where they were welcoming in four new patients. And that's a very overwhelming environment for someone who's coming into it new. There's just a lot of chaos for them and a, a, just a lot of feeling of overwhelm. 
for them and for the family. And she was telling me about um, it was exacerbated by another patient who had some mental illness and was suffering from dementia and who was really acting out and just, you know, creating a lot of difficulty for the nursing staff. And she saw the director of nursing come out into the area and kind of try and lead this, this patient who was very upset away. And she went to help someone else and she came back to see what she could do to help this other patient. And she saw this nursing director who was also a very tall man in his office painting the fingernails of the patient who had been really, really um, upset and despondent. And she talked to him later and, you know, understood that he was doing it because he knew that his staff needed to focus on helping these other four new people get oriented. And he knew that this was something that would both serve this patient, but also calm her down. And our daughter is brand new in her career as, as a therapist, and it made a huge impression on her that he would actually serve this other person in such a simple way, in such a surprising way. Our son, who was listening to her tell us this story, we were just asking her how her day was, said, well, you know, we've learned in leadership class in high school that if serving is beneath you, then leadership is above you. Ooh. Isn't that really a cool statement? And 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 that he has a leadership class. Which I know. Somehow That's what I was thinking. I, yeah. I had missed. <laughs> yeah. He's a senior, That's so he doesn't tell us a lot about his classes, but mm-hmm. really great. He doesn't just volunteer that right away. You know, they he don't. He do no, they? no. He shares tidbits. Yeah, that's really a powerful example. So of the nine qualities, is there any as we were going through them that struck you as different or unexpected? One that you thought, hmm, I didn't I didn't think of that, but of course after we went through it, it makes sense. I think the long-term one was the one that as I looked at the list, thinking long term, it makes sense. But tell us more about how that got into the list. Well, to me, servant leaders, I've seen too many leaders in companies who are trying to get short-term benefits for themselves, bonuses, stock price, dividends, accolades, and they may really damage the long-term value of the organization or what they're doing in their mission in order to benefit themselves. I've seen it, whether it's financially or otherwise. And it's, it's, it struck me early on, right? That is not leadership. Leadership is about leaving the place you are in better off, whether that is an organization, uh, a team, whether that is, uh, if you're, if you're a college, um, coach, you want to put in those practices that will make a difference afterwards. So whether, you know, Drew, you were talking about process, whether it's, the process of, of, of working out, whether it is the process of project management in a, in a company, like all of those things, it's putting in the things in place that can replicate results long after you're gone. And so it's not one that most people talk about, but for me, servant leadership is about leaving the place better than you found it. Like that, isn't that the essence of leadership? Yeah. Leaving it better than you have it, but people don't think of that. And too often today, it's all dependent on one leader. That leader leaves and the whole thing falls apart. Well, that's not a leader, right? That That is not a leader. That's a superstar, but not a leader. And superstars are great, right? We all love them. We love them when they're here because they just get you down the field and you do all kinds of amazing things, but it's not replicatable. And if that person leaves, you're in trouble. Far better 
to have somebody who's not quite a superstar, but just a really good player, but puts in the systems in place and whatever. And if they leave, things don't fall apart. That's a much more impactful way. So to me, servant leadership is thinking long-term and that's, that's why and how it got there. That makes sense. Interviewing leaders, many, many leaders over the years, uh, the, the greatest leaders I've seen think long-term and think about coaching others, right? Even when you're coaching others, you're replicating yourself so that the organization can stay long-term. And even if those people go off to other places, that's great because uh, it, it all comes back in, in different ways. So, yeah, I think that's, that's an important one. I think one that jumps out to me um, is just helping people with life issues because, you know, being as task-oriented as I am and goal-oriented, that's one that really doesn't have anything to do with the goal itself. Right. And so why, why would you do that? Um, and I think, you know, as we talk about it and it, it really is, is great because it, it, I think I've seen it bond a team better. I mean, you're not spending all your time helping people with other issues. There's work to do, but, um, but just understanding what's going on in your life, what's going on in your life. What do you, you know, what, what are you working on? What are you dealing with? What's going well and not well. And it just, I think it builds a layer of trust in a team that then lets you perform better, which is what I'm what I'm getting at. <laughs> it does. It completely changes the mood. Like you can come in on a Monday and just have those Monday blues, but starting a meeting and saying, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? How did it go? How was that? Yes. People just, they just calm down. They just relax and they're ready to start their day. Yeah. And, and you're, you, I think this is the big thing that we don't learn in business classes. We're people. Yes. Right? So when you get an opportunity to be a person, it's really appreciated mm -hmm. and you end up trusting and liking and having a relationship, which does go through all of these that you just can't do. And, and if you have a leader who comes in and literally, and I've had one does not care about anything, but where is this number? Was this done? Mm -hmm. th that's just not somebody you're inspired to go the extra right. mile for. Mm -hmm. You there, do it, check the box and you're out of there. There was somebody you and I both worked with in a past life and, um, he exemplified this where we were doing a very stressful project for him. We were there for weeks on end. We'd come in every Monday morning with a hundred fires to fight. And we would spend the first 20 minutes talking about football the previous weekend. Who won, who lost, how he felt about it. How did my team do? How did his team do? And I would think to myself, we don't have time. to talk. I love talking about this. But we don't have time to talk about this. And no, we did have time. And it was a we bonding time. time. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it really taught me, no, it's okay. You know, we'll, we'll fight the fires. We can do this first. It's good. And it, it gives you perspective that life is more than just work. It also obviously is also all about it's football. It's football and work. And, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a few other things. And well, and you have to remember what you just said. We're people. We're spiritual people. We're emotional people, mental people, physical people working people. You you can't separate all those things. You can pretend that that's not the case and that we're just here for the tasks, but that's just not true. And and yeah, there's a balance. You can't, you know, it's not a full-time counseling session, but you do have to recognize we all bring those things in with us. Well, a great season talking about trust and self-awareness all the way through the qualities of a servant leader. And I interviewed the former president of Starbucks, Howard Bihar, and he said, leadership is about being of service to others, not being served by others. And I love how he ended this. He said, be a mentor, not a boss. And when I think about servant leaders, it's just about that. Be a mentor, not a boss. 
And think about that in all aspects of your life, right? Whether it's parenting, whether that's being a friend, whether that's being a boss or a colleague, be a mentor first. Be someone that's there for someone, teaching others, helping them along, and you'll find your relationships richer, your leadership stronger, and your success much more impactful. So you will see yourself aiming higher and getting to higher and higher levels if you're a mentor to many other people. So with that, we will close this fantastic season one of Aim Higher, and we will will see you again, or at least we will talk to you again in season two. In the meantime, don't miss other things that are happening at skippritcher.com, and you will continue to read articles on success and leadership there. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher.